guys, welcome back to the CTU podcast. So glad to be back with you for another week here. My name is Roger Sisk. I'm one of your hosts here on the podcast. Today, I have a conversation with Mr. Ben Ellison, who is actually my pastor here in the Atlanta area um, at Noonan City Church. Ben is one of the pastors here at Noonan City Church, and he leads the NCC PM service. How you doing today, Ben? Thanks so much for sitting down with me for a few minutes here. Doing great, Raj. Okay. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Definitely. Do you feel like that's a pretty good encapsulation of what you do? Absolutely, yeah. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Newton mm-hmm. City. I lead our night service on Sunday nights. Um, it's called NCC PM, Sunday nights at 6.30. So I primarily, uh, I'm the primary communicator. I preach at that every week mm, yeah. and lead that in kind of the vision going forward with Definitely. it. Definitely. This man is a good communicator, I'll tell oh, you that. Bro. I remember one day after, um, one one Sunday after NCCPM, I walked up to him and said, said, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Lou Gigolo. Oh, because my goodness. You remind me of Lou Gigolo because I was sitting there on the front row and he and just kind of, it's one of those, you know how you have those isms that yeah. some people share, you know, and you were just standing there at the podium kind of just like Louis would. Mm. And for someone who watched Louis for five, six years, yeah. you know, doing production, it was, you, you pick up on traits absolutely very easily yeah you know and so just like oh just little had a little deja vu almost there dude that's funny you say that because louis is one of my heroes in the faith yeah and um i also um have watched him for years i went to passion mm-hmm. for a season of my life when i was in late high school early college and mm-hmm. um, even before i started my personal ministry i started watching him as a communicator as a preacher and I started picking up as well yeah. on those techniques. Yeah. And from things. that, you know, I know that I had to find, and we can get into this in a second, but Definitely. I know that I needed to find my voice as a preacher, as a communicator. Mm. But within that, though, there are different voices that are um, forming me as a communicator as well that are influencing me. Definitely. And him being one of the key influences as a communicator, I, I noticed how he communicates. Not just mm-hmm. what he's saying, but how he's communicating it. Totally. And so um, I... TBH. I did kind of like pick up on some of those certain things, like yeah, the yeah. way he puts his foot on, up on the yep, podium. That's what that's but, what it was. But that communicates yeah. like authority, yeah. right? Like focus and mm-hmm. um, like power, mm-hmm. if you will, from from the stage. And so yeah. there's different things, yeah, that I try to be intentional with. But some of them are just like I don't even think about. But I just <laughs> yeah. have habits now. It's just not, yeah, it's, it. it's those things that you some of, some of those habits you kind of got to get rid of right and some of them you kind of can just lean into you know yes and let me say bro oh my sorry i didn't mean to cut you no off. go go for it but um uh, so talking about habits within communicating that you need to cut off like mm-hmm. during the pandemic we started as you know because you helped us with it yeah p- pushing our online content and that was really the first time that we got into online mm-hmm. filming stuff for full messages mm-hmm. and within that that was the first time i had ever preached to a camera mm. um, by itself, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, there's been times where I've preached in rooms where there's cameras, you know, mm-hmm. for like live, but yeah. I've never pre-recorded to just me and a camera. Mm-hmm. And within that, man, watching back this the sermon, first off, I hate, like I just cringe here, oh, hearing yeah. my own voice. Everyone hates their own voice. It's, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. But number two, I realized there are just habits that I have mm-hmm. when I'm preaching that I need yeah. to stop. Like, I licked my lips a lot in between mm. sentences, just not thinking. Like, yeah. I, I would just, without thinking, um, I would do that instinctually. And I noticed that because I was able to see it on camera, and I was like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. I need to stop that. Um, totally, different yeah. things like um, 
I say um a lot mm-hmm. or yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Know? Those are the two offenders mainly I hear from grammar people are the um and the like. Yeah, know? yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> and so having something like video as a communicator to watch mm-hmm. yourself or even audio. It's just scary, to dude. It is. It's scary and you almost have to force yourself to do it, but it is so useful and mm-hmm. helpful yeah. in helping yourself become better in your skill. Exactly, you know? exactly. Growing up, you know, um, being interested in video and such, you know, interv- interviews are kind of like one of the, it's almost like weddings where mm-hmm. like it's something you do at some point, yeah. you know. Totally. And so coming from a background of having done a lot of them mm-hmm. in the past, that's one thing I have noticed with a lot of people is that they can have exactly what they want to say down to a T. You turn that camera on and it's Crazy. all gone. Yeah. You know, they, lo- they lose, lose it all. It's a, 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 a Yeah, yeah that's, that's how it happens, dude. And people don't even think about, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to put into words mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. what it's going to feel like in the moment. Exactly. And people can prepare mm-hmm. all they want to Exactly. But like when you're in that moment, mm-hmm. that's when you know the rubber hits the road, and mm-hmm. it really you get really gotta um, show up for that moment. Because mm-hmm. um, one of the things I've realized with that is with, between us filming ourselves during the pandemic or mm-hmm. filming other people for different stuff in throughout the um, this past year or two through the pandemic, it's preparation's important. Mm-hmm. But reps is how you kind of get yeah. over that fear or get over that tendency. It's like, yeah, it's experience because yeah. our first time filming for for these sermons through the pandemic, like it was rough. Yeah, it took yeah. several times, even because mm-hmm. the first minute or two, I was like, oh, I didn't like that. Whereas mm-hmm. when we're live in person with people, there is no, oh wait, hold on, can I start over? Yeah, you roll it's, with it. You roll, yeah, yeah, and and just getting on camera, you realize, oh wait. Am I saying the right thing? You overanalyze. Totally. And just as you get more reps in, though, you start getting more familiarized with it and more comfortable. Definitely. You you have, in a way, you have, when, you, when you're filming something, you have the opportunity to have a filter. Yeah. You kind of want to self-edit your, go back and yeah. self-edit yourself as opposed to in a live audience, you know, you can... You can't. You right. you just have to roll with it, you know. Right. I mean, even with the podcast here, we were talking a few minutes before we started recording that... Mm-hmm. I felt that pretty much the exact same way just talking to a microphone. Wow. Even though we weren't using a web ca- uh, camera or anything, we weren't using cameras, it was just talking to a microphone. I was like, oh, wow, it's, a lot of that is communicating as well. Because yeah. I've definitely noticed that I tend to use a lot of likes and ums and filler words. And, mm-hmm. and you, you want to, yeah, and so... Anyway, I have no clue. Speaking of that, I have no clue how I'm going to wrap up the sentence. <laughs> I have no clue where I was going with that. Filler but that's word, what I was filler saying. word. Filler word. It's funny. I actually heard somebody say something a while back. They said, your natural cognition is that when you cannot remember, if you do not know where you're going next or what you want to say next, yeah. you naturally repeat the last thing you said. Mm, interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, once I kind of heard that, I kind of started noticing me, myself doing that a lot. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, but going back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, yeah. um, you said that you know it was really important for you um, coming into this time of preaching at NCCPM and after that startup, yeah. finding your own style of communication. Yeah. You know, for people who don't know you, you're a is it third generation pastor? Yeah. Yeah. I and that um, funny story about that, we just wrapped up a week of worship nights here at the church, yeah. and that was, it was so wonderful to be a part of. Um, and I remember. 
on Monday night, or I believe our second night of it, mm -hmm. it was really fun just to be able to see all three generations of the room at the same time. Yeah. You know, you have you, and then you have your dad and your grandfather that right. um, your grandfather ended up speaking that night. But it yeah. was just really cool to see, um, especially the interaction between you and your grandfather and see that, yeah. that lineage almost of pastors. And so um, that, that really honestly got me thinking is that mm. um, when you kind of were growing up growing up, you know, in the church and growing up with your grandfather being a pastor and your dad being a pastor, you know, yeah. um, was was ministry something you initially wanted to go into or did you yeah. feel like there was maybe a generational obligation to go into right. ministry, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah no, that's a great question because I get asked that a lot. Really? Uh, and the, also, just a little clarifier, which is actually kind of funny, my grandfather, that's the preacher, mm -hmm. is actually not my dad's dad. Okay. It's my mom's dad. Okay. And so it, it's funny, though, because I am third generation, but mm -hmm. it's from both sides of the family, if you, okay. if you will, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, uh, so, but with that, growing up as a pastor's kid myself, mm. you know, we were in church every week, all the time, mm. Wednesday night, Sunday nights, like anytime, Sunday morning, anytime the doors were open, we were there. And um, I remember there was a point, though, where when I was young, and I can't remember this certain point, but I just remember growing up thinking about what I want to do with my life. Yeah. All that I've ever wanted to do was be a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't necessarily wow. because my dad was a pastor and I felt the obligation, or my grandfather and I felt the obligation. Rather, church was home for me. Mm -hmm. Church was my second home. Um, yeah. And I just fell in love with the mm -hmm. church. Awesome. And so from there, I felt just this constant call to lead the church and be a pastor, be a preacher. And my dad sat me down one day when I was young, and he said, Ben. And he knew I wanted to be a preacher and pastor. And he said, Ben, I want to let you know that you do not have to go into this just because I'm a pastor. And I said, I know that. He said, wow. because if you go into ministry and you are not called to it by God, and it will be the worst decision mm. you've ever made. It'll be, it'll be a headache. It'll be a pain. Yeah. But if you are called by God and you go into ministry, therefore, then it will be the best decision you make. That's so good. Because it will be so enriching to your life. Mm. And so I can just relate this, relate this to anyone listening who is in ministry or is not in ministry, mm. that if you have a passion, if you feel, one, a passion in your heart, that is what you are to pursue because if you feel an obligation from family, from, oh, my parents did this, my grandparents did this, or I'm next in line, if you feel an obligation to carry that on but the passion's not there, then the train's going to fall off the track eventually. Mm, so good. Um, it'll lead to burnout. It will, yeah. it will lead to you not supporting the business or the organization the way they need to. Yeah. Um, if you're, quote unquote, the leader stepping in just mm -hmm. because you're the next in line, but you're not really passionate about it, or in ministry, if you're not called to it, um, that's where the danger is. So for me, it's all I ever wanted to do. And then as I, and I felt called my whole life, and as I got older into later high school, had more opportunities to step into actually practicing ministry, and that's where I felt so confirmed and affirmed in that call. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, I'm doing it, and it's the most rewarding thing ever. That's incredible. That's that's totally true. I mean, even not just in ministry, but just in general, is yeah. that, you know, if you, if you feel, if obligation is a part you think is playing a part in your 
and um, your passion yeah. or what you're supposed to do with your life or whatever, you know, most likely you may need to reevaluate re and say, hey, like, am I doing this because I feel like it's an obligation? Right. Or am I doing this because I'm truly passionate about that? Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of conversations um, on the past that we've asked a lot of guests um, around family support. You know, we've talked mm. to people who have had incredible family support and who have had, um, you know, parents who have been their biggest cheerleaders and been been there for them every step of the way, you know, and then we've had people on the podcast that didn't, wow. whether they whether they just didn't have the family structure for it or their parents just didn't have a grid for it and just didn't really either understand or have an interest, you know, yeah. the whole the whole cliche like, oh, well, I'm disappointed. I wanted you to be a doctor thing. Mm. You know, we hear about that, yeah. that story a lot, but that's incredible to hear that you had that. Um, structure at home for him to be able to for your dad to be able to say hey like I love mm. that you want to do this right but if you but if you if it's not right yeah then I don't want you to exactly which is incredible yeah and it's mm. freeing for yeah. me because I think yeah. whether we and I've heard some different um, psychologists and stuff philosophers mm. talk about this that like you know at the core of our being, mm -hmm. I'm going to speak for men here, yeah. for, for boys in relation mm -hmm. to their dad, there's this desire in our hearts mm -hmm. for our dad to approve of us mm -hmm. and yeah. for, for us to have our dad's blessing and approval. And it's the, it's the classic, mm -hmm. like, Daddy, watch me do this. Mm -hmm. You know, like, did you see me hit that ball? Dad, did you see me make that shot? You know, Dad, look how good I did on this project. Stuff mm -hmm. like that. And for me, it was so freeing to know that as I felt a passion for ministry and what developed into a call for ministry, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't so much out of a necessity of, Dad, do you approve of me? Or, Dad, mm -hmm. I need your approval here. Mm -hmm. It was, I have my dad's full support mm -hmm. without the obligation or the pressure, mm -hmm. and now I'm just stepping into this out of passion, out of freedom, out of um, this is what I feel called to mm -hmm. do. And, that's and And that's been totally freeing. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that's incredible. You know, you mentioned always growing up in the church, you know, the church was your second home and everything, you know. Did, was there ever a time where you felt like, in a way, you resented that? Or mm. was there, was there, were, I feel like I hear so many stories of people growing up in that situation and they grow to resent the fact that they're in the church every day, the, yeah. the time, every time the doors are open and such, you know. Was there ever a time in your life growing up where you kind of slammed on the brakes and said, wait, I don't really know if this is for me. I don't really know if this is, I don't really know if this is mine, Yeah. for example, you know. Mm. It's great for my parents, but I don't really know if this is for me or not. Mm. That's a great, great question. And I like the way you phrased that because there's, there's definitely been points in my journey where there has been tension of like, mm. man, I just don't feel like going tonight or, um, you know, anything like that. But there, there hasn't been a point so much where it's like, I don't know if this is for me, but the danger has been in my life of I'm going because it's routine. Mm. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but mm -hmm. for me, the paradigm shift came when I realized, like you kind of phrased the question there towards the end, that this is for me. Mm -hmm. This isn't just out of obligation, kind of yeah. going back on our theme, what it sounds like it's kind of involving too. Yeah. It's not out of obligation. It's not out of like, well, I must do this or I'm expected to do this, mm. but rather 
this is where I find fulfillment. This is where I get filled up mm-hmm. with the Word yeah. of God. This is where I feel encouraged and strengthened exactly. by my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. Um, this is where I feel most connected to God when I'm like worshiping God and singing at the yeah. top of my lungs, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's even before I became a preacher and pastor. Mm. It's going to a, to the church and realizing this is a healthy place for me. Yeah. And so like, why would I not want to go somewhere that I know is uplifting to me and healthy for me? Totally. Um, and yeah, I, I think people's tension is they get they they get forced mm-hmm. to go when they're young mm-hmm. they get in the routine they never have this experience of wait this is for me like christ is making me alive in my heart right now like this is mm. the fullness of life that yeah. that jesus talked about um and then therefore they get to a, an age where they have more freedom or mm-hmm. go off to college or whatever and there was never a heart connection with the power of the church and mm-hmm. so they leave, and when they're not, no longer under the expectation mm-hmm. to go, they don't have a desire to. Why? Because there was no yeah. heart matter. People want to go to things, or people want to do things that mm-hmm. grasps their heart. Mm-hmm. If, if you go to a... Why do people go to a UGA football game? Is it because um, tickets are cheap? No. Tickets are expensive. Tickets are hard to get. It's inconvenient driving all the way to Athens from no matter where yeah. you're at. People go to those games because it grasps their heart, the energy, what it gives them, the experience. It's so amazing and moving that people will do anything to go there. Same with church, though, Mm -hmm. that we go there because it grasps our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be inconvenient. It might be, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at an inconvenient time or whatever. It might be, I might have other things that are also important that I should be doing during that time, but... What, whatever grasp your heart, that's what you're naturally devoted to. Totally, and I yeah. think that's why we're so many millennials and just people in general have missed it because church mm. and the power of the gospel through the church has not grasped their heart yet. That's so good. That's so good. You bringing up that example of going to the UGA game and all mm. that, you know, brings up an example that I heard a few years ago from um, Banning Liebscher, who's with, um, I believe he's with Jesus Culture in Sacramento now. Okay. I'm um, Sacramento, California. He started his own church out there now, I believe. Um, but he, a few years ago, I heard him use an example. He said, you know, um, yes, I'm a Christian, but I also love Coldplay. He's like, I love mm. Coldplay. I went, to, um, I got, I got to go to what one of their concerts once, you know, and you, you would, you would just take, I would go and I went and just took it all in, mm-hmm. took in the environment, took in the setting, what was going on. Yeah. Um, he was talking about worship at the time, um, he was talking about, you know, just taking it in. Yeah. Um, and one part he found specifically interesting is the very beginning mm. when, before the concert had started, you know, no one was on the stage, you know, it was dark. We've all been to a concert before. Yeah. We know what it's like. Um, and so I'm sure a lot of us out there can relate to this, you know, whoever it was, whether it was a, a production assistant, whether it was a a sound person, whatever it was, stepped on that stage, you hear a rise in the crowd level, and then when they realized it wasn't the band, it was just a <laughs> crew member, it would go back down, and then, you know, but that was, and then finally, when the band did come out on the stage, yeah. it would just go bonkers. Right, You know, right. and the crowd would go crazy, <laughs> and he had, a, he had a revelation in that moment. He said, he said, unfortunately, 
so many of our churches are not like this mm. when they should be. Because he said, because I know on a shadow of a doubt that my God is worth that. Yeah, absolutely. He is worth that response. And he said, why don't we have that response in the majority of, of churches nowadays? Um, what, are, what would you say as we're getting ready to wrap up here? Yeah. What, is, what do you feel like have been some of the, you talked about podcasts and mm-hmm. such. What do you feel like have been some of the biggest influences on you for finding your mm-hmm. style and finding, okay, this is what I resonate with. This is how I want to. This is what kind of has yeah. almost, in a way, guided you into who you are now and who you're growing into, you think. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, mm-hmm. the, the phrasing I would like to use is um, I'd like to take note of what is paradigm shifting mm. for me in my life. That's good. Whether it's a book, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, a sermon, a preacher, um, a church, you name it. Yeah. There's a there's content out there that when you when you consume that content, mm-hmm. it changes the way you see life. Yeah. And there's been a few books that have done that for me, and like I said, pastors, churches, mm-hmm. etc. And so for me, I want to take note of what has been paradigm shifting, mm-hmm. where once I've experienced that, I'm no longer the same, and it's changed the way I think, mm-hmm. it's changed the way I speak, it's changed the way mm-hmm. um, I love others, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, I would say. For me, mm-hmm. um, I would just look at those different channels and say, yeah. um, and I could, I mean, I could list off a few specifically. I was going to say, yeah, you, that's incredible to think about, you know, that, that is really true is that just paradigms are such a huge thing and they're, they're a huge deal. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a lot of times we don't realize a lot of times that we might be living that way. Yeah. We don't realize that we, okay, we have this paradigm or such and such. Yeah. yeah would you mind mentioning just a few paradigms that you maybe have yeah. had in your life? Yeah. Uh, like I would say the paradigm shift yeah. comes from something that's so radically different from your current paradigm. And by paradigm, mm-hmm. we just mean the way in which you see the world and yeah, the, or the way great. in which you see something, right? Mm-hmm. And so your current lens, if you will. And for me, um, I look at, man... In terms of preaching alone, right? Mm-hmm. When I heard when I went when I started going to Passion and I heard John Piper for the first time, um, he was I didn't realize it, but he's from a completely different theological camp than mm-hmm. than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I heard his preaching, it challenged me intellectually. Mm-hmm. It made me think so critically about the mm-hmm. text that he's preaching on. It wasn't just a a like hoorah sermon that's really loud and really exciting. It mm-hmm. challenged me to the depths yeah. of who I am and mm-hmm. as I read scripture. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's paradigm shifting in terms of preaching of they it wasn't just make me feel good. It was yeah. it challenged me. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Louis Giglio, his preaching, it was paradigm shifting for me because it wasn't just let me just give this one, two, three sermon. Mm-hmm. It was just so moving in the heart and it's even hard to describe his style but mm-hmm. it, through the illustrations through the way he he articulates things mm-hmm. rate pitch tone volume yeah. these key indicators of communicators yeah. they the way he preaches and the and what he says it stirred my heart mm-hmm. more than preaching it previously yeah and so he was another paradigm shifter um 
Ben Stewart, and I understand a lot of these guys revolve around Passion City Church, so yeah. forgive me for not a Passion Hey, fan. no, it's, you know, it's, it's um, somewhere you've come from. It, you it's, know? It's, it's my part experience. Of your, it's part of your experience, part of your past. Yeah, you know? and Ben Stewart's one who, the way mm-hmm. he told stories, mm-hmm. I was like, Great man, that's so engaging. The mm-hmm. paradigm shifting that is not just let me tell this, like, ha-ha story, but, like, this story is just so meaningful mm-hmm. on so many levels, and the way in which you tell a story. Yeah, so definitely. Um, I would say that for me, and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I can go on Definitely. and on, but those 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 are a yeah. few that have just changed the way I see <clears throat> preaching. Great question. I'll try to be brief. Let me tell you what not to do. Yes. <laughs> what not to do is try to find the quickest place that you can preach, the quickest place where you can get on a stage mm, and so preach good. a message. Um, so good. The, it's not about let me make a online church right now and launch a church of me preaching um, mm. on, on Instagram. Yeah. That's not the key. Exactly. The, the next right step is let me find a local church Mm-hmm. And let me come under the authority Ooh, yeah. Yeah. of it, it someone could, who can really lead me. On and yeah. on. We have to I be mean, people who are going to be poured into first before we pour been, out. Yeah. And, and there, and you've, you know, I'm a firm believer that never, quote, there is no you, there. Never, that once I get there, I'm qualified enough. Once I get there, but all that to say, there there has to be healthy accountability along the way. And so I would say, oh my goodness, get in a local church. And here's what I've seen: really just resonating with what you're saying. Countless people um, want to go into ministry, say they want to go into ministry, like are fired up about it, and within um, a year or two, what would you have to say to them? they what, die what out your of advice? pursuing ministry. Why? It's because, kind of going back to the first thing about that I feel obligated because of mm-hmm. my family thing, they, they want it for my perception. Mm-hmm. They were not called to it, but they wanted it for other reasons. They, mm-hmm. They're seeing that People can see, oh, pastors can be famous. They have a lot of followers, a lot of influence over people. So I want to be a pastor. That is totally the wrong heart, and it's mm-hmm. totally unbiblical. And so if you want to be a healthy mm-hmm. pastor, if you want to be a healthy preacher, yeah. then get under the accountability of someone mm-hmm. who can lead you, can call you out, can mm-hmm. groom you in the ways of Christ, into Christ's likeness, yeah. and then be consistent with that. Mm-hmm. So many people want to go right now to get on a stage and preach. And it's like, no, it takes time of consistency mm-hmm. and perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it all needs to be done through the context of a local church. Totally. With structure, with accountability. Um, and, and I would say, like, learn as much as you can. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many people that, and people cherry-pick scriptures that say, like, all I need is the Holy Spirit and I'm good mm-hmm. to go. And it's like, okay, but... We also need to make sure we're preaching with accuracy, yeah. and yeah. schooling is a beautiful thing for that. Thanks, Raj.
It really is. You know, I don't know if we mentioned this on in the podcast um, thus far yet, but you actually just graduated from seminary a few weeks ago. Um, and so that's awesome. Congratulations. But thank you, Ben, so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Of course, I enjoyed it. I hope you guys out there listening enjoyed it as well. Of course, thank you again so much for listening to another episode of the Chase the Unknown podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to go ahead and follow us on social media at Right Time Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it with your friends. You know, share it. Um, post about it on social media um, share it with people you know that love listening to conversations like this if you did enjoy it today uh, make sure you go to iTunes and Spotify and if you would do us a favor and give us a five star rating that would be awesome that um, really helps us out just from a back end perspective we will see you back next Wednesday with a brand new episode of the CTU podcast and until then never forget to chase your unknown.